calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Democrat governors continue to shut down their states and cities in the hope they can bring virus levels down to where they are in Florida and Texas, where everything has remained open. Democrats say that COVID-19, or as it's sometimes called, the Chinese flu, or the Kung flu, or the flu Manchu, or the Kamiwami, or the I don't feel Swalwell. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Democrats say that the Red Death is a particular threat at Christmas time because families and friends might gather together to worship the only son of the living God and realize that virtually everything the Democrats believe in is a hideous perversion of the design of the creation and then vote the Democrats out of office en masse. To prevent the dangerous spread of Christianity, Democrats say they must ban outdoor dining, indoor eating, making money, having opinions, and loving anyone who is not in government. Plus, churches must be demolished, preferably in the middle of services. In New York City, Mayor de Blasio told reporters, quote, I do understand New Yorkers like Christmas a lot, but the mayor who, loves, who lives just north of Brooklyn does not. The mayor just hates Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please, don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. Unquote. The mayor was then taken to the hospital to be treated for a heart that's two sizes too small. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom says he will prevent dangerous Christmas gatherings by flying on his leathery wings above the city and shooting fiery rays from his pitchfork at anyone trying to enter a church, gather in prayer, worship silently while sitting alone, or failing to sacrifice a child to a 50-foot golden statue of Baal that looks remarkably like Governor Gavin Newsom. In Minnesota, Governor Uber-Sturmfuhrer Gretchen Whitmer said she would try to make Christmas lockdowns fun by adapting the annual tradition in which NORAD tracks the flight of Santa's sleigh on Christmas Eve. This year, Whitmer says, they'll also shoot him down. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Shape tipsy topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray! It makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray! Oh, hooray, hurrah! All right, the vast right wing conspiracy known as Clavenon never dies. It goes on. Tomorrow will be the final mailbag of the year, so please get your questions in. We may change things up just to celebrate. We may change things up and maybe get an answer wrong. No, we won't do that. We'll guarantee our answers will be 100% correct and will change your life uh, maybe for the better. <laughs> Who knows? You got to subscribe. You got to go to dailywire.com. You got to hit the podcast button. Hit the Andrew Claven podcast. Find that little mailbag symbol. If you're a subscriber, you can ask me anything you want. Ask me about your personal life. Ask me about religion. Ask me about politics. All your problems will be solved. Also, please go on the uh, on YouTube and subscribe to the Andrew Claven channel there and hit that little bell and fresh content and original content and new content, old content, content that's just been lying around for no reason whatsoever will be delivered to your door by uh, small elves who have just escaped from their facility 
And if you leave a comment and it is sufficiently bigoted and cruel, uh, we'll read it you know, on the show because it'll fit right in. Uh, today, we have uh, Rachel M. reacting to my announcement yesterday saying, I finally learned how to spell Clavin, and this is how I am rewarded. Uh, that's a reaction to my announcement yesterday that the show next year will probably go to once a week, and I'll be doing more uh, fictional content for The Daily Wire by my by my request. Uh, and But I won't be going away, so please don't abandon the show. We, we want you here for this show uh, that we do once a week. Also, I, I mean, somebody did mention my Sherlock Holmes imitation. I thought that would get me some kind of acting contract right there. I thought that was one of the great moments of the show, my doing both Watson and Sherlock Holmes. How many how many podcast hosts can do that? Um, so, so I've been trying to sum up where we are before the holidays, just kind of get the big idea in front of me. And I've been thinking that for a long time, conservatives have been fighting an old battle, which is the battle against socialism or communism. We think we're in the same fight we were in in Reagan days during the Cold War, free market individualist capitalism against socialist collectivism and the overweening state. I think even some people on the left think we're still in that fight. We've got idiot kids following an old communist jackass like Bernie Sanders as if he had something rational to say, which if you listen to Bernie carefully, he doesn't. He never says anything that makes any sense whatsoever. But meanwhile, we're slowly waking up to the fact that the Chinese are in the midst of a full court effort to take over the world by stealth. We've already lost Hong Kong, and I don't think Taiwan is going to be far behind. They wrecked our great economy with their deadly virus. They're practically running the UN. And a recent leak of a database of nearly 2 million Chinese Communist Party members revealed that they had infiltrated businesses throughout the West, including the businesses that produced the new vaccine. The threat from China is not communism, even though that's what they call it themselves. The threat from China is Chinese capitalism, a free market system without free people. You get relief from poverty and even some wealth creation without the ability to speak or act or believe the things that make you who you are. It's tyranny with profits. It's money at the price of your soul. How different is that in principle? How different is that in principle from what Western businesses are now trying to create? Not very different at all. When Twitter censors opinions they don't like, when corporations force their employees to embrace racist leftism, when people lose their livelihoods for believing that men are not women and women are not men or that the God of the Bible is God, these clowns aren't afraid of the Chinese. In principle, they are the Chinese. They have a conspiracy of interests. AOC can talk about socialism all she wants, but she's a nitwit. She doesn't have the power to rein in Amazon or Facebook or Google. She never will have that power. Those are international corporations. This is just one of their markets. They don't want socialism. They want Chinese capitalism, a free market without free people. That's the real threat we're facing. Last year, I swore after Christmas that I was not going to shop online this year, and then the pandemic hit, and all I've done is shop online. And with more online shopping during the holidays, some experts say that consumers may be at higher risk of identity theft, as well as falling victim to deals that are too good to be true and sophisticated phishing attacks. Experts recommend checking your credit score, not overspending, limiting new retail credit cards, and freezing your credit if needed, even after the holidays. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. This holiday season, you could miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit and bank statements. If you get LifeLock, you will be protected by the leader 
in identity theft protection. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if they detect your information, they'll let you know. And if you become a victim of identity theft, and this is the big one, LifeLock can help you restore your identity easier than you could on your own. And it can be a mess once they get you. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help you feel warm and protected this Christmas. Save up to 25% off your first year. Just go to LifeLock.com slash Clavin. That's LifeLock.com slash Clavin for 25% off. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yes, yes, that sounds great. That sounds terrific. But, but how, please tell me how do you spell Clavin? It's K-L-A. There are no that's what I was going to say. You know, I've been thinking about President Trump because now the Electoral College has spoken and uh, even our friends at Newsmax are admitting that Joe Biden has won and he is the president-elect. You heard it here first, I, I know that was, which was totally unpleasant uh, for all of us, but I did, I did have to tell you that that was the way it was going to end because I knew that was the way it was going to end. And I can't stop thinking, though, that, that Trump you know, he, he lost the election. I, I don't believe it was stolen. I mean, I think there was shenanigans, but he lost the election with the help of the press, so dishonest press and with his own personality. But he hasn't did not lose the big fight. This was a major, major administration. Yesterday, you know, sometimes when I work out, I like to rewatch old movies that I've already seen because I can't really pay attention. So I'll just watch some old film that I liked. And I saw, uh, saw and yesterday when I was working out, I was watching, rewatching Moneyball, which is Brad Pitt. Uh, he plays Oakland A's general manager, Billy Bean. There'll be some spoilers in here, but it's a true story. So it's Bean transformed uh, baseball by fielding a winning team of inexpensive players with great stats instead of blowing money on underperforming stars. It was called Moneyball because basically he did, he won as many games as the Yankees one year by spending about a, a third, almost a tenth, I think, of what they were spending. So the A's got to the postseason, but then they lost. And when they lost, they didn't make it all the way. And when they lost, Bean was slammed by the so-called experts for what they said was a failed experiment. So there's a scene in the movie, Bean is depressed. He's felt like a failure all his life. He feels he's once again tried to do something big and failed. And the owner of the Boston Red Sox, John Henry, who's played by Arliss Howard, a terrific, terrific actor, calls him up and he offers him more money than any general manager in baseball. And he says to him, you didn't actually fail. You had transformed the game. And this is the speech he makes to him. This is cut one. I know you're taking it in the teeth out there, but the first guy through the wall, he always gets bloody. Always. This is threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. But it's really what it's threatening is their livelihood. It's threatening their jobs. It's threatening the way that they do things. And every time that happens, whether it's a government or a way of doing business or whatever it is, the people who are holding the reins have their hands on the switch. They go bat crazy. <laughs> see, see, Bean has not really failed. He has changed the game forever. And the powers that be who thought they had stopped him and thought they could run him out of town are just going to have to change to keep up with what he did. And that's Trump. That's Trump. He's taken it in the teeth because he was the first guy through the wall. The people who were holding the reins was the cultural left and the corporations. They all went crazy on him, trying to stop him because he was a threat to their jobs, to their way of doing business. But like Billy Bean in the movie, he didn't lose. He won because he brought the truth out of the woodwork. 
It's not a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy of interest. It's not that American corporations and the news media and Davos and China are all working together, you know, plotting things out in little rooms. It's that they're all working for the same thing, a free market where the top people make billions and the rest of us do what they say. For the rest of us, there's censorship and ideological lockstep and climate fetishism and imitation democracy with changes of regime that mean nothing because the rich and powerful are running the show. This isn't new. It's just automated now. It's computerized. And it's not a shooting war. This is important for us to understand. It's an information war. We saw it in this election. That's the fight we're in, a war to get out information and cultural substance. That's the fight we're in, and that's the fight that Trump was fighting, and that is what has changed everything. So, you know, I always give you tomorrow's news today, and I'm going to tell you this. Joe Biden's not going to be president. He's not, if he's president, I'm not saying it's, you know, a conspiracy, a hidden cabal controlling the president. I'm just saying he has not got what it takes to run this country for very long, maybe a year. Maybe he's got a year. I don't know. You know, I I just do not believe that this is the guy who's going to be running the country for very long. It's going to be run by a consensus and it's going to be run by the people in it's going to be run by the swamp. It's going to be run by the swamp. And don't think I mean, if you're afraid that Kamala Harris is going to come in and then Every, everything's going to become leftism and socialism and all this stuff. Kamala Harris hasn't got the talent or the intelligence to do that. She is not that as big a threat as you think. And I think what this is really is it's the end of the baby boomer legacy. It's the end of the baby boomer time. It's oh, It has to be over. I've always wished the baby boomers, the, that generation could die without taking me with it. But we need to stop fighting the Cold War on the one hand, on the right, We need to stop trying to install the age of Aquarius on the left. We need new blood. There's not going to be another Trump. You only get one guy like this in your lifetime. I mean, he's just too big a character, too wild. But there's plenty of candidates who can do the great things we need them to do as long as we don't let two things happen. One is we can't let the Jeb exclamation mark GOP come back. I I just don't. I think if they think that's happening, they are just out of their minds. Those, you know... the people who told us that le- illegal immigration is an act of love and, you know, uh, they, we need to restore, you know, uh, we need to, we, government has to go and help and we need to be kinder and gentler in government. We need compassionate conservatism. That stuff is gone. It's done. Fearless conservatism is what Trump brought to the table. Fearless conservatism with an eye to the people, with the eye to the working class. The other thing we can't do is we can't let these Nick Fuentes wing take over the party. These guys are bad, bad news. They, you know, Trump was always called a racist, but he never did a racist thing. But they heard, they thought he was a racist and they are pushing that agenda, telling you you're a rhino if you don't hate people who are different than you, telling you, you know, you're a bad person if you believe that maybe the left has some points about being compassionate and inclusive. I'm not against compassionate. I'm not against inclusion. I'm against big government and I'm against crackdowns on freedom. That's what I'm against. And so if we don't let the the Fuentes wing or the Jeb exclamation point wing take over the party there are a lot of good things that we have to do, we can do because the most important thing we're trying to do is we're trying to keep the structures the founding structures in place and the reason we're trying to do that is because James Madison specifically created them to play, put factions against each other to play vices off one another the idea that he and George Washington understood was that 
you can't depend on virtue. Virtue is something we each have to seek, seek out for ourselves. You can only put human vices against each other so that not one of them triumphs. And that's why the left is always trying to break those structures down because they want their vices to win. And that's why good conservatives, good conservatives are not fighting to win. They're fighting to keep the structures in place. And, you know, obviously we're fighting to win through the structures, but the structures come first because they're going to be bad guys on the right. One of these days, one of these days, you're going to wake up and you're going to see that your party is doing something really wrong and you're going to have to speak out against it. One of these days, the left is going to be doing something wrong and maybe some good leftists will speak out against it. It's always about keeping the power centers balanced. And that's the problem with these big corporations is that they are power centers and they are out of control because no one government can control them. Bill Barr, and I know some of the people on the right have been hammering him, but Bill Barr was a role model in this. He resigned uh, yesterday or said he was going to resign. He sent in his letter. No one really knows why, but it's probably because he couldn't sign on to the election steal story. That drove Trump crazy. It drove Trump crazy that he hid the Hunter Biden investigation, which was DOG. I, I think it's DOJ uh, regulation. It's not just, it used to be policy, but I think they actually made it a regulation that you do not expose investigations that could affect elections because we don't want politicized investigations like we got during Obamagate. That's what we don't want. And so we, as Republicans, as conservatives, are always fighting to keep the structures in place. I, you know, I can see a lot of good solutions to the immigration problem, but they've got to be done by law. The solution can't be, oh, the border's open, illegal people can come in. It can't be like in Washington where they say, well, if you rob somebody and you're really poor and we feel for you, then robbing people is all right. No, we have to be a nation of laws. That's what it means to be a nation of laws, not of men. It means the rules are the same for everybody, rich and poor. And I don't want the rich to, to rob people through uh, white collar means. I don't want the poor to rob people at gunpoint. That's not, that's not the way we're going to live. We've got to live by the law. And the thing about the thing about Bill Barr is he wasn't Trump's wingman. Trump got angry at him all the time, but the left was constantly was constantly attacking him for being basically a Trump toady, for basically they called him Trump's personal lawyer. And that was a lie. That was a lie. But he did a lot of good stuff. And they parted They parted amicably. It was not the typical Trump, oh, here's a Twitter uh, tweet, you're fired. Uh, Trump tweeted that our relationship has been a very good one. He's done an outstanding job and he's leaving to spend time with his, uh, with his family. And Barr's letter was a masterpiece of, uh, of praise and decency. He said, I appreciate the opportunity to update you this afternoon on the department's review of voter fraud allegations in the 2020 election and how these allegations will continue to be pursued at a time when the country is so deeply divided it is incumbent on all levels of government and all agencies acting within their purview to do all we can to assure the integrity of elections and promote public confidence in their outcome. I would translate that into, sorry, but you lost the election and there's nothing I can do about it in the deal. OJ, and yes, I will leave because I know it's making you furious. <laughs> That's the way I translate that. But then he goes on. He says, I'm greatly honored that you called on me to serve your administration and the American people once again as attorney general. And that's something to remember. He had this title already. He didn't need to do this again. He did it because he thought it was important. He said, I am proud to have played a role in the many successes and unprecedented achievements you have delivered in the American people. Your record is all the more historic because you accomplished it in the face of relentless, implacable resistance. Your 2016 victory speech in which you reached out to your opponents and called for working together for the benefit of the American people was immediately met by a partisan onslaught against you in which no tactic, no matter how abusive and deceitful, was out of bounds. The nadir of this campaign was the effort to cripple, if not oust your administration, with frenzied and baseless accusations 
of collusion with Russia. So anybody who thinks this guy is trying to make up with the left, you know, because this is one of the things you hear on the crazy right. You hear people saying, oh, he's just hoping that the left will take him back. Obviously not. He says, few could have weathered these attacks, much less forge ahead with a positive program for the country. You built the strongest and most resilient economy in American history, one that has brought unprecedented progress to those previously left out. You have restored American military strength by brokering historic peace deals in the Mideast. You have achieved what most thought impossible. You have curbed illegal Im- immigration and enhanced the security of our nation's borders. You've advanced the rule of law by appointing a record number of judges committed to constitutional principles. With Operation Warp Speed, you delivered a vaccine for coronavirus on a schedule no one thought conceivable, a feat that will undoubtedly undoubtedly save millions of lives. That's quite a letter, you know. That's how you know the guy, this is how you know this guy is a good guy, because if he were quitting to save his reputation with the left, which is what some of the left are saying too, oh, you know, he thinks he can restore his reputation. That is a big FU from Bill Barr to the left. He thought they acted despicably but only, only because they did. And he, again, is one of Trump's real victories. He took on the media. He stood up to the media. He, he has protected John Durham to make it, he's made it very hard for them to remove John Durham, who is continuing the Obamagate investigation. I know a lot of you are unhappy that that didn't come out before the election, but again, investigations are not there to affect elections. They're there to get at the truth. I hope the truth will come out. He, he ended that Michael Flynn, uh, catastrophe, that real miscarriage of justice. He put the the DOJ back on course after the depredations, the absolute corruption of the Barack Obama administration. He did a good job. And I think that we on the right should look at him as a role model for what we want from the future. We want honesty. We want straightforward. And if they, if, if you, if the left is going to be the socialist or or fascist, not you know Nazis. Then we want to be the good guys. America will vote for that. We can win with that, and I think we should. I think that's what we're we're fighting for, and have been fighting for all along. You know, I used Paint Your Life uh, a few months ago. I can't remember how long ago to get a t- turn a picture of myself uh, into a painting of myself. That's what they do. You send them a picture, and they have an actual painter work with you to, to turn that photograph into a painting. So this Christmas, you can give someone you love a gigantic painting of me too, or, you know, who knows, you might want to give them a painting of yourself or your kids or, or maybe your dog or just a pleasant scene. But no, I think, I think a painting of me is probably the best idea. So go to paint your life and you will get a professional hand painted portrait, possibly of me created from any photo of me at a truly affordable price. You send the picture in and they work with you. They keep in touch with you. You can choose from a team of world-class artists, work with them until every detail is perfect. You can order a custom-made hand-painted portrait, possibly of me. It's a quick and easy process. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word Andrew to 64,000. That's Andrew to 64,000. Text Andrew to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most or just get a big picture of me. You know, Biden, uh, when I say this is an information war, 
Uh, what I mean is that I've always said this, that the, the war is fought in the culture, and part of the culture is the news culture, is the information. And that is what they're, they're, that's what was stolen in this election. The Hunter Biden, the suppression of the Hunter Biden story was the ultimate act of suppression after spreading the Russian hoax, after spreading the good people on both sides hoax, which Joe Biden completely believes because the guy's an idiot. You know, by doing all that stuff, that's what that's what was stolen was the power of information, because that's what they want. They want you marching in lockstep. You know, all the Ayn Rand people, they think, oh, money, money is where virtue is money. If you're doing no, see, they, the Chinese have got it all figured out. They've got a great way that they can make money, that they can pull people out of poverty and good for them. But as long as those people being pulled out of poverty don't do anything like worship Jesus or speak their minds or say, hey, you know, the guy in, in charge is corrupt and shouldn't be telling me what I can say, then they disappear like that. And yeah, Jack Darcy doesn't kill people. And when I say in principle, that's what I mean. When Jack Boots Darcy, Dorsey is not killing people at Twitter, but he's silencing people, the people who are dragging you in to the HR to teach you about uh, white supremacy and, you know, dog whistles and crap like that. They're not killing you, but they're making it hard to make a living unless you're willing to admit that a woman can suddenly turn on into a man just by wishing and that uh, white people are to blame for everything. I mean, this is the thing they want. They want ideological lockstep while they make a fortune. And if you don't think, if you don't think Biden is part of this, that they just, again, it's not a conspiracy. It's just, they all have the same interests. They all want ideological lockstep. So he made his victory speech yesterday because the electors uh, cast their votes and he is now the president-elect officially. And, uh, and here's what he said. This is cut uh, nine. The vice president-elect Harris and I earned 306 electoral votes well exceeding the 270 electoral votes needed to secure victory. 306 electoral votes is the same number of electoral votes that Donald Trump and Vice President Pence received when they won in 2016. <clears throat> Excuse me. At the time, President Trump called his elect the Electoral College tally a landslide. By his own standards, these numbers represented a clear victory then, and I respectfully suggest they do so now. Okay, fair enough. You know, he's got the right to do his victory lap. You can hear him coughing there. He's coughing through the whole speech. He's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna make it long. The guy's 110 years old. He's not gonna and he's frail and he's losing his mind. He's not gonna be president for very long. But then he's walking off the stage and Peter Ducey, the one reporter in the room, uh, you know, the one actual journalist in the room from Fox, calls out, what about Hunter? What about the Hunter Biden investigation? And this is Biden's response, cut 12. Thank you. Thanks for the, con the congratulations. Appreciate it. I don't need no stinking journalists. I don't need to answer no stinking questions. That's that's Joe Biden. That is going to be the war, and it's going to be fought by the press. The press is going to fight for his right to keep secrets, to close down investigations, to do all the dishonest stuff that they accused Trump of doing, and that sometimes Trump would have done but didn't do because he had good people who stopped them. They are going. They are going to be part of this. You know, if you don't think so, here is CNN's David Chalian. He's vice president of CNN. David Chalian celebrating celebrating Biden's victory. Cut fourteen. It is sort of a day to step back and celebrate democracy, but it is also a day uh, that has responsibility attached to it. Our responsibility to show. Uh, all the viewers to show the country and the world this process unfold 
uh, while Donald Trump and his allies want to suggest falsely without any, any realm of fact that the election was rigged or stolen or some way uh, not what it is. Now, and we know we can trust David Shalian of CNN because we have him on tape from Project Veritas spiking the Hunter Biden story, covering it up and covering it up by saying a very, very particular thing. This is cut eight, Jeff Zucker talking, and then the same David Chalian just heard celebrating democracy because there's not an element of any kind of proof that there was any kind of fraud anywhere ever uh, in this election. This is cut uh, eight. On the Breitbart, New York Post, Fox News, rabbit hole of Hunter Biden, which I don't think anybody outside of that world understood last night. The Wall Street Journal reported that uh, their review of all corporate records so, showed no role for Joe Biden uh, on the um, uh, uh, on the Chinese deal. And yes, I do put more credibility in the Wall Street Journal than I do in the New York Post. Um, obviously, uh, we're not going with the uh, New York Post story uh, right now on Hunter Biden, and uh, which seems to be uh, giving its marching orders to Fox News and the right-wing echo chamber about what to uh, talk about today. Obviously, Hunter Biden's lawyer is quoted in that New York uh, Post piece, and we'll just continue to report out this is the very stuff that the president was impeached over. <laughs> so that doesn't really sound exactly like he thinks it sounds. This is what the president was impeached over because the Democrats were protecting this vast web of corruption that is the Biden family. The Biden family has been doing this for, uh, you know, centuries, centuries. I think they were actually doing this uh, in 1776. They were influence peddling and they everybody knows they do it. Every, you know, it's, it's alleged. We'll say it's alleged. Right. It's alleged. But it's alleged by just about everybody. They all know he's doing it. And Trump said, you know, to the president of Ukraine, you ought to investigate this. So they impeached him with the press playing along. It's an information war. That is the war that we're fighting. And, you know, it naturally pushes them again into the Chinese camp. It's not, you know, I, I'm sure that the Chinese are trying to infiltrate the Republicans as well. I'm sure there are plenty of Republicans who would sleep with a Chinese spy, believe me, that, you know, but but it puts the Democrats in a particular position, a particular position of defending things that support the Chinese and not just the Democrats, the swamp in general. Yesterday, uh, Kurt Schlichter was doing a, a local L.A. show. They, this is actually true. They asked me to do it, but I, I didn't want to do it. So they settled for Kurt. You know, it's like, I, it's a, it was a drop down. But listen, no, Kurt's a pal. I'm just I'm just kidding. But he had Congressman Lee Zeldin of New York on uh, talking about talking about the problems, what are the problems with dealing with China? Let's play the first cut, cut four. On multiple levels, they're compromised as it relates to China. One is you have the historical status quo way of thinking. So some are just ingrained in continuing to think the way that they've always think, they've always thought for years or decades of their service. So that's one issue. Two is you see individuals who get compromised. Uh, you know, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the Biden family, uh, you, you start to make business dealing decisions and you get compromised at, at that next level. So that's so that's the, w the way the Democrats are caught up is that this is the way of thinking. This, this is the way the swamp thinks. And that means that individuals are going to be, get caught up in the Chinese and and the resistance to Trump also helped this cut five. We're just going through and, and coming off of a, a rough experience for our country as it relates to coronavirus. 
I mean, that started in China. And when you have this desire to resist, oppose, impeach, and obstruct President Trump and anyone associated with him with regard to everything and anything, you start to provide cover to China because you're afraid that if you go after China, then somehow you can't blame President Trump for coronavirus as much as you want to. So that third piece is the political calculation where Democrats see to their advantage to provide cover. So on multiple levels, they're compromised. You can see it's a conspiracy of interest. They're compromised on multiple levels because it's the swamp way of thinking, because they have personal investments, and because hitting China makes it harder for them to hit Trump. And so in every way, they are soft on China and a good place for China to, to move into uh, influencing America. Mike Pompeo made this point on Newsmax that it's Donald Trump has been unique in his dealings with China's cut three. Donald Trump's the first president. This is not political. Both political parties looked away, bent a knee to the Chinese Communist Party. President Trump said enough and we've begun to turn the corner and build out a coalition all around the world of democracies and uh, free market economies to push back against this threat. When you were speaking to uh, Georgia Tech just recently, you called Xi Jinping's intentions nothing short of sinister. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Well, when I was at Georgia Tech, I was talking about a particular area. That's the America's education institutions where they have infiltrated, sent spies. You've seen what the FBI has done recently. Uh, they uh, have now 360,000 Chinese students studying here in America. Some of them are here just to study. Uh, but many of them return home. Uh, we care deeply about the Chinese people. We want them to be successful, but we can't allow them to uh, come steal secrets from our leading research institutions, places like Georgia Tech. We can't allow the Confucius Institutes to act in ways that work against the American people. Those are the kind of things that President Trump has taken on. We're beginning to have success. There's an awful lot more work left to be done. This is the Trump victory. This is the Trump victory because there's more work to be done. And now we know. And there are going to be people, the Reagan of the future, the Cold War of the future, that the Reagan of the future is going to have to win. Is this war not against socialism, but against Chinese capitalism? And remember, China, when you look at Twitter, when you look at Amazon, when you look at Davos, China isn't a threat to their agenda. It is their agenda. Chinese capitalism is their agenda. Maybe they don't want to kill people. Maybe they don't want to pe put people in camps, but they want to silence them. They want ideological lockstep and they want a free market in which they make billions, but you can't go to work because your store is closed. That is the, that is the thing that Trump has exposed. He may not have meant to do it, but his, just his attitudes did it. His way of operating did it. And now the GOP knows. And if they try to go back to Jeb exclamation point, or they try to go to Nick Fuentes, you know, racism, they're going to lose. But if they follow this point, this point that freedom, the threat to freedom in our generation, in your generation, not mine, because I'm not going to be around to see the end of this fight. But the threat to freedom now is Chinese capitalism. It's Ayn Randianism. It's the idea that money is everything, but freedom doesn't matter. It's the other way around. All right. Apollo 11. You know it, on December 20, on Monday, December 21st, the historical docuseries Apollo 11, What We Saw, will be available exclusively at dailywire.com. This is a great piece by my friend Bill Whittle, who knows so much about the space program and aeronautics and is also a great broadcaster. One of the reasons I started doing this was because I thought he was doing such a good job that it would be funny to do it uh, humorously, do what he was doing, but with more craziness. Uh, this was originally released as an audio podcast for Op Apple and Spotify. What We Saw will be available to watch as well as listen 
listen on the Daily Wire Apple TV or Roku app at dailywire.com. A dramatically inspiring story. Apollo 11, what we saw, is a fantastic series to watch with your loved ones. And right now, you can get it for 20% off with code WATCH when you become an insider or above member over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Make sure to download our Apple TV or Roku app to get all of our content on your big screen. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe to get 20% off your membership with code WATCH and access to all of our new and existing content. And it means you can be in the mailbag tomorrow and have all your problems solved, which is better than having your problems not solved. On top of everything else, on top of Trump's other victories, the vaccine rollout has begun, which is just a miracle. I mean, it really, see, this is the thing, you know, it's so easy in politics to get caught up uh, in the bad news. And God knows this year has had plenty of bad news. Um, But (laughs) we're still living in this world of wonders. There's still wonderful, wonderful people. You know, if, if you have to go to hospitals for tests, if you go to hospitals for minor procedures and things like that, you meet these people uh, who are coming up, who are some some of them are one generation Americans. They're of all different colors, every possible different color. They're every possible different kind of person. And yet they are so dedicated to what they're doing and they're so friendly and they're so kind. Uh, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And they have been going through hell with this vaccine. There's just no question about it that this has been a really dangerous thing. And now this miraculous vaccine out in a year. And I just think it is time for us to all stop and appreciate, appreciate the encouragement that our news media gave to Donald Trump when he said he was going to get this vaccine out in a year or that he hoped to get it out in a year, the way they cheered him on, the way they stood behind him. This is from our friends at Media Research Center. It's long, but it's worth playing the whole thing because it's just too beautiful as this vaccine rolls out to remember what the media told us about it all through the year. This is cut seven. And on a vaccine, we'd love to see if we could do it prior to the end of the year. But many scientists, including the president's ousted former top vaccine official, say that is overly optimistic. That's an ambitious timeline, and many health experts aren't so sure it's achievable. So many experts and doctors today immediately cast doubt on that. Experts say he'd be in need a miracle to be right. It would take, you know, over a year. Experts are warning that kind of timeline may be overly ambitious. Health experts pushing back. So many experts. NBC News did a fact check on this today that a coronavirus vaccine, Trump says it could come out this year, this sort of, you know, happy talk that he's doing about a vaccine. You cannot talk yourself into a vaccine. The fastest a vaccine has ever been produced from start to finish is five years. Previous vaccines have taken years to develop. History actually holds a lot of different lessons um, for us about politicians rushing to science when it comes to vaccines. Will we get the best vaccine in this timetable uh, or will we just get a vaccine? This kind of promise is clearly political, but it's also remarkably dangerous. Some have even argued it's perhaps dangerous. So if we say, well, they can't really get this vaccine, the science is questionable. Now we're the negative Nancys. Oh, look at that Acosta, always trying to kill our optimism. (laughs) The negative Nancys, Jim Acosta. Jim, look at me, I'm Jim Acosta, tweeted, Oh, look, you know, here is Trump. Here is the experts telling Trump he's not going to have a vaccine this year three times and Trump isn't listening. Just wonderful stuff. I think we have to just balance that with the uh, with the video of nurse Sandra Lindsay in Queens, New York, uh, being the first lady to get the vaccine is cut 15. 
Great. Here's, and here's Boston Medical Center's medical staff. This is their, their you know, support medical staff uh, reacting to the vaccines. Cut 21. <laughs> a little happy there over there. You know, I mean, you got to think about it because, I, you know, I haven't worried too much about this vaccine. I've taken, you know, reasonable what I feel were reasonable precautions, but I've seen everything, you know, and if it's time, it's time. It's time. And, you know, but if you're a healthcare worker and you're watching the people, the people who come into the hospital, the people who are really suffering uh, and they're, you're watching people die every day and you know that, you know, you're exposed to it all the time. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's private industry working with government support, which is the way it ought to be. And, and you know, people get worried about this and uh, about the effects of the vaccine. You know, they don't like government programs. It's always in America. There has been a deep, deep suspicion. When I was a kid, uh, they put fluoride in the water because it helped with cavities. And people, seriously, they believed that fluoride was intended uh, to, just so you know, nothing's changed, that fluoride was intended to weaken your will so that the communists uh, could take you over. That was actually what people thought about fluoride. Um, and now <laughs> with this, I have to say, I was reading that they found some of these Chinese communists uh, were embedded in Pfizer and uh, one of the other companies. And uh, I was thinking, so the vaccine will keep you safe, but suddenly you'll be able to speak Chinese. Uh, maybe you won't be able to speak anything but Chinese. <laughs> so people, I'm joking, by the way. I don't want people, oh my God, I don't want to tell you that's a Chinese are coming after me. Uh, no, don't think that. Obviously, you should you should definitely take this. And uh, so far, we used, I, I mean, we did the right thing. We used the United Kingdom as our guinea pigs. I mean, that's what they're there for, right? You know, we use the British as our guinea pigs. They seem to still be there talking in that funny way. And so uh, we we can now agree that it's safe. Personally, I think we are in actual more de- danger from our politicians. I know this vaccine is, has, you know, taken a high toll. It's a high toll. 300,000 people, they're saying. I don't know how much of that is actually literally from the vaccine alone. It's not like the 1918 uh, horrible flu after World War I that killed uh, close to 700,000 people in America, I believe. It, it killed like 5% of the population of the world. And horrifically, it killed the young. Uh, the, uh, and old, not old people. It killed young people because they had that reaction. They, uh, th- 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 this has happened a little bit with this uh, disease, but not as much. That reaction where the immune system overreacted and killed them. And it was just terrible. People dropped in their steps. It was such a horrible disease. And that was 675,000 people, I'm thinking, with a population, of course, that was much smaller in those days. So it hasn't been like that. And it has taken more people who are old and had other conditions. And, you know, what what do you say about somebody who's just got like fourth, uh, you know, fourth stage cancer and dies of, of this? You know, I don't even know if that's really dying of 
COVID, but but still, it has been a tough, tough disease, and these people are in there uh, fighting it, and so this is good news. But the, uh, but sa- having said all that, having said all that, the worst threat is from our our governors, because you know the New York Times every day would run on their at least on their digital page would run this big map of where the flu was worst of all. Suddenly, that big map has vanished. The electors voted for Joe Biden. Suddenly, bink, it hasn't vanished. It's just gotten very, very tiny, and it's hard to get to it. But if you look at it, if you look at it, the places that are doing best are Florida and Texas, where things have been largely open. Now, people take precautions. It's not like they're being stupid. It's, you know, they are trying to, they do wear masks and things like that. That's not, uh, you know, it's not a violation of your freedoms to, to take precautions when there's a disease going around. But but they haven't done these shutdowns that they're doing in New York. In New York, they're threatening to shut down everything. They've already shut down a lot. Here's Gavin Newsom talking about this. And, and this is in, truly infuriating. Governor of California, cut two. As soon as we extinguish this virus, as soon as this virus is eliminated, as soon as this pandemic is behind us, uh, this state will recover more resilient, more vibrant uh, than ever. And so the most important thing we could do from an economic perspective is focus on public health, focus on mitigating the spread of this virus, eliminating this virus. And the most important thing, non-pharmaceutical intervention we can do is wearing face coverings. The most important pharmaceutical intervention is getting a vaccine when it's available, uh, when you your number proverbially is up. And so we're encouraging everyone to do that. This is so infuriating because we all remember 15 days to slow the spread which was like 15 years ago at this point. And so they lie and lie and lie and then don't wonder why people resist, wonder why people stare them down and don't do what they say. Again, this is part of the information war when you are have got people telling you it's 15 days to slow the spread. And then suddenly in Democrat states, now the disease doesn't care what you are. It doesn't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. But in Democrat states, there are these brutal economy-destroying, dream-destroying, life-destroying shutdowns. But you look at the map, and the map is pretty much the same no matter what you do. The disease is the disease. And the reason for that is you can't shut down everybody. Somebody's got to bring the rich people their food while they are on the internet trading, you know, stocks and doing all that stuff. Somebody has got to, you know, do the work to keep the lights burning, to keep the electricity on, to keep the water flowing. All that stuff has to be done. And so you can't stop the spread. The disease is the disease. It went away during the warmer months. It came back during the colder months. Shutting down outdoor dining is ridiculous. Shutting down churches. You know, if people take precautions in churches, it's all just a matter of Democrat policy. And again, it is you know, it's just amazing to me. It's amazing to me that these millionaires and billionaires have no feeling for the people who have small businesses. They're willing to shut down their businesses, but they won't shut down a race riot. They won't shut down protests. They won't shut down, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi wants people to come, wants the legis- the House to come back in and vote for her for Speaker of the House again. They, she wants them to come in. They couldn't come in to vote for aid packages for the working class. They couldn't come in and vote for that, but she wants them to come in and vote for Nancy Pelosi to be Speaker of the House. So all of this stuff, the hypocrisy, the unfeeling, unfeeling remarks about people who have to make a living, that somehow they're stupid, that they're anti-science, and and the complete disregard for the suicides and the depression and the children not being educated and the ruined lives, 
is part of this thing. It's it's part of their agenda. See, it's not, again, it's not, they're not doing it on purpose to hurt people. They're doing it because that is the way they see the world, that the important people are them and the rest of us are just kind of the cogs in their great and wonderful machine that's going to make the oceans recede. It's going to clean up the environment. It's going to make all the racism go away because anybody who says anything that they don't like is going to be silenced and cut down out of work. It's going to make gender parity perfect because who'll know what gender you are? or whatever gender you declare, girls won't be able to play sports anymore because they won't be choosing, uh, they won't have other girls be up against other girls on their teams. But they're, you know, they're, what's a girl? How are you going to define women? What's that, all that mean? Again, this is, this is the thing that Trump has exposed. And I, like I said, it, it doesn't have to be a big conspiracy theory. It is just a conspiracy of interest. They are all interested in the rich getting richer and in ideological lo- lockstep. And Donald Trump has created the possibility of a party that can defeat them. He has created the possibility of a party of people of all different colors, of people in the working class and people in the upper class who support their, the freedom of their fellow Americans who are uh, not as wealthy as they are. He has created the possibility of a winning party. Before Donald Trump, the Republicans, many, many people on the right were saying that no Republican would ever win the presidency again. I believe that there is a huge chance that Republicans will win the presidency in the very next election if they don't go to the racist right and if they don't go to the Jeb exclamation mark right, but they follow the path that Donald Trump has laid out. He lost, but he won. Mailbag tomorrow. I'll be here. I hope you will be here. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Mike Cormina. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. And our production assistants are McKenna Waters and Jacob Falash. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.